Welcome back to The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding. Brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. (laughs) Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Drop that bitch. know exactly what it is i'm d jones i got my main man the ghost with me as always we have ants one behind the scenes it's a cool thing still we are back doing it for the people ghost what we got going on this week big week in studio e you know i'm saying took a week off y'all know why but we're happy to be back and we're checking in with none other than kenny reed longtime legend Man's got sponsored the year I was born. He's been doing it for a hot minute. Uh, it was sick to check in with him. You know, international man of mystery. But he's up to some cool stuff. And then we taking y'all straight to the post office. You know what time it is. And hooray, the NBA has a plan to come back. We'll talk a bit about that in the rundown. Hey, man, don't forget about the NHL. They got a plan, too. The Maple Leafs is ready, dog. Stanley <laughs> Cup contenders this year. Oh, yeah. Fresh season. So make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Subscribe on YouTube at The Bunt Live. And if you really love us, head over to patreon.com slash The Bunt. Just another way to support your boys and the people's podcast. Right now, with what's going on in the world, I think everybody is just thinking about other ways they can make an impact on their community and the world battling with what's going on in the fight against racism. And we have found a super special organization that we are gonna contribute to, and the ghost is gonna tell you a little bit about it. Yeah, it's the 8 Can't Wait. You can uh, donate at 8cantwait.org. I'm a big time fan of the Bill Simmons podcast, and he had uh, the founder on last week, and I listened to the podcast, 40-minute interview. Highly recommend it. They're doing some amazing research. They're ready to take action now and fight to change legislation across the country. So I highly recommend, if you're looking for something, some way to help, this is a great organization. So last Wednesday, Bill Simmons interviewed DeRay McKesson to discuss a plan he and his team at Campaign Zero have been working on to systematically reform police departments to combat police brutality. After listening to that interview, I just felt inspired. Definitely a great cause, but I mean, there's a million ways you can help in this. This is just the way we're going about it for now. Definitely inform yourselves and uh, let's keep fighting. We are going to post this information up on our story so you guys can choose to donate as well. And I mean, I don't think there's any wrong organization you can donate to right now. And every little bit helps. Do what you can, especially in your own community. Moving back to the skateboard world. We've been off for two weeks. I know the ghost hasn't been watching too much skating. But I'm hoping and praying you got a shout out of the week for the people, man. Yeah, shout out of the week. Pulling one out of the hat here, kind of random. But I just was uh, trying to find this song that 
I used to listen to back in the day and I in a YouTube hole came across an old part that I really liked which is Ricky Webb and Nick Fiorini shared part in the Jart video but I was always a fan of Ricky Webb and then I just YouTubed him and found a, a more recent part from five years ago Ricky Webb where is it he's a clean skater good trick selection super under the radar definitely recommend going to check that out dope skater damn bro i've never even heard of ricky webb i gotta look into this yeah he's clean bro he's clean i just feel like he's not like a super skater he's not the best but you can relate to him and he's just clean good trick selections just a fan yo i'm glad i came across him back in the day when jart dropped that video me and the rest of the bunk gang gonna have to check that one out yeah so like we said we have Kenny Reed in the building, a man of many hats, <laughs> legendary back 5-0 steez. He actually played a huge part in the friend section in our video we made as kids, which you're gonna find out about. Maybe we need to put that online too. But this one was a long time coming, man. The skate games, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> yeah, shout out to Kenny, legend. I feel like he definitely maximized his skate career in terms of how much it allowed him to travel. You know, nothing broadens the mind like traveling. He's a veteran at it. Let's tune in, let's check in with Kenny. But first, you know what time it is. Let me grab a fucking green can, baby. Get a little buzz on, even though it's <laughs> 11 a.m. You know what I'm saying? Canada's premium pilsner, steam whistle, the only buzz. Hey man, you know they work in those lemon shandies for these early work days now too. We are super happy to have Kenny Reed in the building. What's going on, Kenny? Hi, not much. Uh, just waking up. It's 8.30 in the morning. Good morning. <laughs> Quite the opposite for us, 8.30 at night over here, but thanks for making it happen. Welcome to season 11 of The Bunt, The COVID Chronicles. How has your life changed in the past couple weeks? Uh, the past couple weeks here have been pretty normal. Um, it's been the past few days that everything's changed a lot. Singapore was one of the first countries to have the virus and they did a lot of restrictions right away and then they eased off a little bit for a few weeks and then some people started coming back to Singapore and brought brought it back in a second wave. And then uh, the government decided to put a lot more restrictions down yesterday. So now we have to stay inside and we can't go out unless it's essential. So, yeah, before that was like the skate park was open. We could go and do whatever we wanted. We could eat at restaurants. We could go shopping. We could, you know, do visit friends. It's a lot different, yeah. Yeah, well, we're sorry to uh, welcome you to Lockdown Life. We're about three weeks in right now. So welcome, unfortunately. Thanks. What do you think you're going to do? What's your day-to-day going to look like going forward? I just need to figure out uh, some structure just to keep, you know, keep sane and to keep, like, my brain working well. Exercise <laughs> and structure, I think, is key. So we start every show off the same. I mean, it's been a little bit different in season 11 with everything that's going on in the world. 
but usually the very first question we ask everyone is hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. I guess uh, one of them that comes to mind is uh, I was in in Budapest, Hungary once with Ricky Oyola and the New Deal team, and we bombed down this really steep hill. It was like, I don't know, like two or three miles long, wow. and it was really, really scary. And I got, it was like two or three times where I like thought I was going to die. <laughs> and then at the at the bottom, we were just like, I was just like kind of sh- like had a crazy adrenaline rush and was just like in shock. And then I looked down and like I was missing a bearing. And then like <gasps> he was he was also just like, whoa, that was the craziest thing. And the van, uh, everyone else was like behind us for part of it. And they all saw it too. So that maybe that was... One of the Jesus. one of the moments. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds epic. Yeah, that was fun. And then what about favorite sports moment? Well I got to see uh I got to see Messi play. Wow. Yeah, in uh Bangladesh. We went to a football match. Soccer football. It was pretty amazing to watch him live. Mm-hmm. He's super fast. I was impressed. I was like oh, I, I never saw anybody run like that, you know. control the ball like that it was crazy but yeah so i guess that for me would have been a sports moment that's dope yeah so where'd you grow up and how'd you get into skating i grew up upstate new york in the hudson valley at a place called kinderhook i got into skating just with like neighborhood kids you know it was like bones brigade times and everyone had a power board and skated around and pretended they were the Bones Brigade <laughs> doing you know slides and hand plants and stuff sick yeah. so what got the ball rolling for your skate career what would you consider the first big break I got I was sponsored by Dogtown in 1988 what yeah they came and did a demo at a local park and damn yeah they 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 started giving me boards and I was on their team for a couple of years. So how old were you? I think I was like 12 or 13, maybe. God damn. Yeah. Damn, that was the year I was born, yo. You've been doing it. <laughs> that was a year and sponsored old, man. That's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, it was a while ago. So that kind of was like... Been getting boxes. <laughs> that's kind of what started, you know, just... I mean, where I'm from, it's like, you know, there's not a whole lot of industry stuff around. And I mean, there were skate shops, but not a whole lot of opportunity so I felt I felt like I was really lucky to get that so catch us up on uh, Kenny Reed these days the elusive traveler we heard you're the coach of the I don't know how to pronounce this Myanmar Myanmar Olympic team yeah Myanmar they uh I was um living in Barcelona for a long time and then I moved back to upstate New York in 2014 in 2015 like right during that winter. And I came back and I started teaching kindergarten at a school uh, nearby where my parents live. And then I was into that, I liked it, you know. I did that for three or four years. And then this opportunity came, like somebody hit me up like, hey, do you wanna, do you wanna try this, like coaching skateboarding team? And I was, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know if that was something that would work or it was never something that I felt I needed as a skater. But uh, at the same time, I didn't want to 
totally dismiss it and and think it wasn't something I could do or, or figure out a way to make it work. Not in a traditional coaching way, but in a way that would fit the needs of, of the skaters there. So I figured it out and um, I decided I would take the next year off and, and try it. And it was a good opportunity and I'm glad I did it. But it was tricky, it was tricky to figure it out, you know, mm-hmm. to figure out what, what that would look like. And it, it incorporated a lot of different things and not just you know, coaching someone and teaching them how to do tricks. It was also, I also looked at what, what would have best helped me progress as a skater when I was in that position or somewhere near that position, because the skaters there, they're, they're coming from a place that their, their history is brand new there and they haven't been exposed to cross-cultural exchanges with other skaters and any other countries. Um, Mm-hmm. Myanmar was practically all but closed down to foreigners and and anyone you know coming to visit until 2012. So and they, they didn't have internet wow. until 2012 either. So they weren't they had no exposure. And what these kids wanted or needed, you know, they they weren't coming from the same place as a skateboarder that I did. Yeah. Um, you know. So so I figured it out and. They, yeah, I worked with their skateboard federation. They were the ones who funded it, and it was their idea to, like, you know, grow skateboarding in Myanmar. So who are some of the heavy hitters on the team? Who can we keep our eye out for? Um, heavy hitters? They're, I mean, they're all great. You know, there's only, there's, there's only been two generations of skater, and the first generation was, you know, was kind of not... I mean, it's basically one first generation there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that are still skating and still... <clears throat> it's funny, like, most of the people in Myanmar, when you say their name, you, you say... all Like, they usually have three names, and you say all three of their names. They don't really... They don't have a first name or last name, so it's just like... Some of them have up to five names that you say. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of them is Tepmyat Nang. Uh, he's on the team. He's a good skater. He's pretty new. He's only been skating like five years. Um, another one is P.S. Peru. And another one is Wayan Pyo. Um, and then we have two girls on the team. Thaudar Shinthant and Mekon R. So the, nice. one of the, the youngest girls, eight years old. Wow. And the other girl's 11, not 12. She's 12 now. Okay, so this is a long-term project. Like, were they, were they going to compete this year, or was it like... Um, they, no, I mean, it was, um, it was basically training them for the Southeast Asian Games. Okay. Um, that was in the Philippines in December. So we had three and a half months just to, just to skate together and just kind of go over, you know, simple stuff. I mean, some of them... We're just learning, just still learning how to drop in. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So, are you from the true Sleepy Hollow? Well, there's a few. There's a there's another place in upstate New York called Sleepy Hollow, where I'm from isn't called Sleepy Hollow, but the legend of Sleepy Hollow, which is written by Washington Irving, uh, is written about where I'm from. But he takes the name of the other town and uses it in that place. So if you can figure that out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You ever see a fucking sleepy hollow man's with no head and a pumpkin <laughs> in your nightmares or what? No, no. 
But um, the the schoolhouse of that of that guy is still there, and and this uh, the school I was I went to is called Ichabod Crane High School. Oh shit! Yeah, sick. We gotta watch that the old cartoon, man. That shit. Yeah, it's actually shit. that was a scary one. So you've been known to love traveling. After all these years, it's probably hard to narrow it down to three. But what are your top three cities to skate and top three cities for lifestyle? Um, top three cities for skating. I really like it here in Singapore. A lot of the sidewalks are marble, which is like That's the sick. best thing. That's yeah, as it gets. And they're super wide too. Yeah, I mean, skating here is pretty pretty amazing. There aren't, I don't know, it, seem, it seems like the drivers aren't super crazy and there's not tons of traffic. And the roads are pretty smooth if you have to skate in the road. So here, probably, I mean, I haven't been able to, like, street skate much, like, as far as, you know, going to plazas and stuff like that. I don't know. I would say, okay, top three street skating cities. San Francisco, Barcelona, I guess New York City. But Damn, like late, okay. Yeah, like Classic late, city. Yeah, like late at night in Midtown or something, yeah. so where you can skate real spots, too, not just the street. You've been around the world and back, but you hit us with three classics. That's yeah, dope. I mean, they're, they're good ones, you know? Yeah, you can't argue with that. And then what about three for just lifestyle, chilling? Probably the same. I mean, uh, actually, I like Georgia, Tbilisi, Georgia, the country. That's probably my favorite place for lifestyle. Hmm. What is it? Georgia. It's near... Uh, Not familiar. Near Russia. Azerbaijan. Okay. Yeah. We got to do some research, see? <laughs> yeah, check that place out. So what was the wildest trip you ever got a sponsor to sign off on? That's a good question. Probably, I guess, uh, taking the Trans-Siberian Railroad. <laughs> I got that. I got that one covered. That was a good one. Damn. That's crazy. Who, who yeah. hooked that one up? I think it was New Deal. I'm pretty sure. So sick. Maybe it was pop war. Was it hard for you to get like filmers and photographers? Uh, no, that one was that one was with John Maring. That was like a legit skate trip. Right. It wasn't just like going by myself somewhere. But yeah, on, on some of those ones where you go by yourself, was it hard to like sometimes get a filmer or photographer? Sometimes it was, but sometimes I could get, just get one. So yeah, you know, you can make it work. How many times you must have? like in your travels been to some epic spots with neither and been like damn i wish i had like a photographer or filmer with me yeah yeah that happens see that perfect hubba that you kind of don't really want to skate by yourself <laughs> yeah no i mean most of the time when i traveled i was usually with you know someone else or another skater or something mm -hmm. was there ever a point where your love for traveling and exploration became more important to you to do that than focus on your skate career um, yeah, definitely. Most of the time, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably could have done better for my skate career if I would stayed home and, like, worked on projects, filming projects or stuff like that instead of, like, going to trying to find a new spot or a new place. Mm -hmm. So seven-year glitch was an epic part you put down for the people. You had two controversial clips in there, though. The switch front side big into the bank in Barcelona. Yeah. You didn't really ride away from. Yeah. And the three foot ender into the double bank, you jump off before going down the second bank. Yeah. Looking back now, how do you feel about those clips? Um, 
I don't know. I guess I, I mean I definitely wish the big the switch big spin was was cleaner. I wish that I would have either had tried it again mm-hmm. or done it differently. The tr- the three sixty flip, I don't feel like that was a that wasn't a very, that wasn't a hard trick. It was a three sixty mm-hmm. flip into a bank. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was just the shot of of the trick and the end and the way I came off. I think it was just like that was the end of the that was it. Uh, it was I, a cool way to end the party. Yeah, I don't feel like that was something that uh, you know. I don't think that's points against me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. In the intro to this to the seven year glitch part, you and Rob G called that you're bringing back fanny packs. Uh-huh. May have been a bit early, but we've seen a massive resurgence in their popularity the last couple of years. Do you think you two had something to do with that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. A little th- too early? Yeah, I think we were just being silly about that. You know, I yeah, I don't know. I don't have much to say about it. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny, but you called it a ball bag, man. Yeah, well, it can, it can, no matter how you wore it, it just always made its way to the front. So that was what was annoying about it. Yeah, it was just funny seeing that, uh, watching that again and thinking that, like, how big of a joke it was when you guys must have done it. And now literally, like, so many people are rocking those things again. Yeah, I don't really like them, but sometimes I still wear it. Yeah, it's good travel (laughs) essential. It's that time of the episode everybody's looking forward to. It's box time, baby. CHPO brand does it for the people. And it's simple this week. You ain't got to answer no questions. Nothing like that. Just head over to chpobrand.com. Find the Bunts hidden logo inside one of the product pages. Take a screenshot. Fire it over to us at thebuntlive at gmail.com. And then the box is coming to you. CHPO brand. Doing it for the people, y'all. So speaking of New Deal, do you think that Cairo leaving Real and you leaving New Deal kind of killed New Deal unintentionally? Um, they were planning to get rid of New Deal anyways. Oh, okay. Um, I, it, I mean, that's what it looked like, I think, to a lot of people. But they, they wanted to get rid of New Deal before the video came out. Oh, damn. Damn. Yeah. So they had plans. They had plans, yeah. They wanted to can it before the video, like a week before the video came out, right when we were done, well, almost finished editing it. Damn, they didn't think Fabrizio's board sales could save it after that part dropped? I don't know. We we had to beg them to let us put the video out. Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they did, man. That's a classic from our childhood. Yeah. Yeah, it almost didn't happen. Yeah, that was a big one. What was it like skating with Ryan Johnson back in those days? Um, he as crazy as he seemed? Yeah, Ryan Johnson was cra- I mean, you know, he was on his own trip. He always mm-hmm. was like, he always like would look for stuff that no one else was skating, just like mm-hmm. gnarly stuff too, big rails and gaps. Um, but yeah, he was cool. So we love going behind the scenes on tricks here at the Bunt. Can you take us behind the scenes on your back nose grind revert sesh on that double set out rail in SF? Yeah. I don't know. That was a rail that was always I always wanted to skate. Uh, it's tricky because it's right on the sidewalk, and there's like 
it's there's always cars there parked right on the sidewalk. There's a parking spot. Mm-hmm. So it's like 40 minutes or 45 minutes from San Francisco to get there. And so like, you know, and it was only, I think it was at a church. So you can only skate at weekdays. But then it was like right in the center of town. I think it was in San Rafael, the name of the town. And so on the weekdays, there was always a lot of cars parked. So it was like sometimes, you know, like almost every time we went there, there was a car right in the way. So that was part of it that made it really difficult. And then um, I think I, I did a backside tail slide on it first. Damn. Yeah. Like maybe like a year before that. Yeah. Was that in your New Deal part? Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And then I, I was doing a lot of backside nose grind reverts. And I was like, I want to do it on that. Because I don't think I'd seen anyone do it on a flat rail on a double set before. So yeah, it took like probably five to ten trips out there to do it but i was stoked yeah, yeah. damn i thought yeah, you were I, gonna say tries but that makes more sense no yeah, well, yeah, I, I yeah, thought yeah tries was coming too i was like Geez. no it took a it took quite a few tri- i mean not i mean it took like i think two two full for like full session attempts like i tried it one day and like couldn't get it and then i the next time i got it sick that yeah. was beast i'm Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I remember it being a sequence in like maybe the interview issue of a trans world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and I think it was in my pro spotlight. Yeah, I remember that always stuck out to me. And then when I went, I'm pretty sure Sapfa brought me there just because I really wanted to see it. Like it looked oh, like nice. such a sick spot. Yeah, yeah, I think it was capped years later when I went. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, that back nose grand reaver was always so sick to me just because of how skinny the rail was. Yeah, the thought of doing a back nose grind on a rail that thin is just like really scary so uh props on that one g thanks so what can happen in poland on a cloudy night uh who's that <laughs> did someone <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> we don't know the story but oh uh, you don't know the story all right um well it was i think we were it was it was on a skate trip it was on a pop board trip and then i think we all went out for a little while and had vodka and everyone was going home and I think I decided to stay for a little longer and then I couldn't find my way back to the hotel <laughs> so I just and this was a time before before cell phones and before international service and all that stuff right. so um, I decided that I should sleep on a set of stairs <laughs> and figure it out in the morning because it was late and there was there wasn't anyone to ask on you know how to get home so I was woken up by uh, by the police and then they took me to some yeah like a local police station and then I had to get bailed out in the morning. Damn! You got arrested for that? I don't think I was arrested. It was just I, they didn't know what else to do with me and they <laughs> did they didn't speak English. Oh so, no! Yeah. God damn. That must have been startling. Yeah. yeah. That's a sketchy wake up. Maybe a little bit hung over too. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> what was up with your apartment in Moscow? Yeah, it was, I don't think it was maybe 2008, 2009. Uh, I wanted to like go to Moscow for the summer and invite everyone to come out and visit. And it was, I think, Planet Earth paid for it. So it was like kind of a Planet Earth trip deal and I, I just like invited out the whole team and they came to stay like throughout the summer that's dope 
it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was like it was before a lot of people had been to Moscow, and I don't know, it was exciting. It was like a, like a huge city full of brand new spots. Did yeah. they have to get visas? Yeah, everyone had to get visas. It was it was really, and it's like not easy to get a visa for Russia. It takes like a couple of weeks, and it's expensive. So we had Bobby Pulio staying there for a little while. Oh, the legend! Yeah, and uh, he just like he like broke a few things in the house, kind of by accident, and just like just I guess bad luck with other things. <laughs> so when we moved out, we had to pay all this money. So one of the things was I guess he was. You know, sometimes in the shower, there's like a little rack on the wall mm-hmm. to like hang stuff on. Yeah. So I guess he was stretching in the shower, and like pulled, like ripped it out of the wall, and uh, I was just like, "Sorry," you know. <laughs> and then um, the iPath video just came out, and and we were watching it in the apartment. Someone brought it, and it was like a promo, and uh, they gave it to us to like do little premieres around like when we were traveling that's for skate shops mm-hmm. and stuff so we watched it and i guess him and tim o'connor had done the same trick at the same spot <laughs> yeah and they used tim's trick and tim's part but they they didn't use the one bobby did <laughs> Damn. so he punched through like the closet in the bedroom <laughs> yeah do you remember what the trick was uh yeah it was uh you know that spot in barcelona it's like a bank to ledge it's like outside of the city it's it's cement colored white there's like a ledge and you do a trick on onto another ledge and into the bank yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah okay it's like and there's grass kind of on the side on the sidewalk side mm-hmm. i don't know they did they both did a backside tail slide front side revert into the bank dang but poor bobby yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, and and I and when we were leaving the apartment, they wouldn't let us. They were going to call the police, and they wouldn't let us leave until I gave the lady cash for the the hole in the thing. And but Bobby did. He paid me back. He paid me back for it eventually. Yeah. I guess Tim did it better, yo. I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe it. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Throughout your career, it was pretty evident you were super into hats. Never one for the ordinary baseball cap or five panel. Always pushing the boundaries of hats. Where did the inspiration come from, yo? I guess traveling around, like, you know, you go to a new place and there's always different kinds of, different kinds of hats to find. And I thought that was always a fun thing to collect on my travels and bring them home. And it was something that wasn't too bulky or breakable. You could stuff it into a bag and it would still be a good souvenir. And then... You know, it can also be functional later on if it's a wool hat and it's cold or you need some shade from the sun. What do you think the wildest hat you wore in your skate career was? I don't know. I've definitely worn some silly ones that I don't think I would wear again. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I guess there's one that I probably wouldn't wear again. It was like a really colorful kind of round dome-shaped hat with, like, stripes of colors on it. Damn, I can't remember that one. Got I've got to find yeah, that. Yeah, it's funny. If I find it, I'll send it to you. So, I mean, your skate career is not over. Like you said, you're the coach of the Olympic team now, but how did your professional skate career come to an end? I guess it just slowly ended. I was, I was living outside the U.S. and Barcelona still, and 
Rasa Libre had gone out of business. And then I think I just had like, like wheel and truck sponsors at that point. And then I was like, all right, it's time to do something else. Did you stay on the road for a while after that? Or is that when you came back to teach? No, I did stay. I stayed on the road for a while after that and did other stuff and just kind of cruised around and traveled. So what's a pre-COVID-19 day in the life looking like for Kenny Reed in 2020? Uh, Pre-COVID-19 life was wake up at like 6.30 with my family, have like a blended juice and maybe yogurt and go out, meet the the Myanmar team, do some yoga, go to the skate park for two hours, skate and have lunch, and then go back to the skate park for two hours, and then go home and cook dinner with my family, and then go to bed early. Damn, that's a nice day. Yeah. I like the sound of that. That yeah. sounds awesome. It was good, good times. I used to run a skate camp for kids in uh, in the summers back when I was in university, and it could get frustrating as hell. Is it ever frustrating, like trying to teach people to skate every day? I don't know. I wouldn't say it's frustrating. I mean, there's like there's there's parts about it that are you know that get tricky. I guess just that sometimes you know they'll make excuses. They don't want to skate, or they're tired, or mm-hmm. but there's always other stuff you can do. You know. I guess for me it wasn't the skating part that was frustrating. It was more because the kids were like six to twelve. <laughs> so yeah. It was more just the <laughs> babysitting part. You just wanted stickers, man. Yeah, I do. I do a summer camp during the summers in Palestine every year. Oh, sick. Yeah, we work with like seventy kids every day. Damn. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of kids. It is. What are you looking forward to most when this pandemic passes? Um, I look forward to just like getting together with a group of skaters and you know having a game of skate or just pushing around Mm -hmm. just pushing around and meeting up with friends for coffee some more chill social life socializing yeah exactly definitely so while we're all in this uh lockdown lifestyle together do you have any book movie tv show recommendations for the people i would say watch joe versus the volcano for sure that's my favorite movie. Put that on my list. And It's a Wonderful Life is a good one. Nice. We'll have to check that out. Yo, yo, yo. It's Rapid Fire with the Ghost. And this week, it's an absolute honor to be presented by Skaters Vote. Skateboarding is a voice for change in our communities. It's time to vote and let our voices be heard to support the black community in the fight against racial injustice and the end to police brutality. Skaters Vote is working to get everyone rolling in the US registered to vote. Follow at Skaters Vote on Instagram or go to skatersvote.com to get up-to-date registration deadlines, upcoming elections, and more. Register, research, and push for change. All right, Kenny, it's that time. It's rapid fire with the ghost. Okay. Okay, favorite <laughs> skater? <laughs> Brian Lottie. Favorite video? 20 shot sequence. Favorite video part? Rudy Johnson blind video days. Favorite style? Jason Lee. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Probably Guy Mariano. 
most talented skateboarder on planet earth probably tony hawk because he's been doing it for so long and he's never slowed down favorite trick 360 flip hardest trick for you nollie backside shove it heel flips true <laughs> most illegal trick nollie backside shove it heel flips it's <laughs> <laughs> a good one to have trouble with then favorite clip you've ever gotten I did this frontside blunt slide on a brick bank once. And it was like a, like a backside 270 in. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Cairo Foster's ollie over the triple set at the church in Barcelona um, in the middle of the night. What's the one trick that got away? There's a, like a bump to bump to bar in San Francisco. It's like a, it's at a hospital. I tried to frontside nose slide it. It's at I think someone did a trick on it, um, but I saw a photo of it that came out years later. I don't know where or how, but I didn't make it, um, but I always wished I had. What's the last new trick you learned? I've just I've kind of just been relearning old tricks <laughs> lately. <laughs> like I got Nollie heel flips back, like ones that feel good, not just, you know, getting it. Not just, not just to get it done, yeah. <laughs> Not just to get it done for a game of skate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's your dream job after skating? I mean, any dream job would be to still, you know, be able to skate a lot and to work within skating. Pretty much any capacity, oh. you know, just to still be involved and still be part you're of... You're living it. Yeah, just to be part of stuff that's that you believe in and that you're excited about, you know. Favorite local brand? Yeah, I like Season Skate Shop. Oh, sick. Yeah, those are my friends. The homie Eggs Benny G rides for Yeah. Me, huh? Oh, sick. They dropped a video recently, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Just now. Favorite local skater? Uh, John Marshall. Favorite teammate ever? I like all the, like, the popcorn teammates were super fun. And iPath teammates were really fun. Like, those two teams I really love traveling with. Worst teammate ever? I don't remember, and I probably don't remember for a good reason. Yeah. Worst company? Um, I don't like energy drink companies. All of them are the worst. Any of them. <laughs> There's, they have no, I don't know, in my opinion, I don't think they have any place in skateboarding. Worst trend? I think the worst trend would probably be to start fights with security guards or police. I think that's uh, unnecessary and silly and can cause more problems for for everyone that needs to be. Where's style? I mean, style is subjective, I think. Um, style isn't that important to everybody, and um, if it is important to you, that's great, you know? But I don't think, I don't ever, you know, judge people worst or best, or um, as far as style goes, it's just, you know, that a person's individual way they skate. <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh? I don't mind. I think it's everybody can come to the sesh. Zero shots, Kenny, man. <laughs> Usually it gets a little harsh in this section of the oh, does it? Yeah, I mean I'm I'm pretty easy, you know. I don't mind. Even if, you know, if somebody is around that is a, is isn't easy to be around, like it's only for a little while, you know. What about the cops or like uh crazy pedestrian or you know those Mm, pedestrians who will like just sit on the ledge to piss you off or 
the people in Barcelona who throw water out the windows or <laughs> yeah but I mean they all kind of have a right to do that too <laughs> <laughs> I can't get anything man of the um, people let me think of something worse um, the skate stopper companies uh, they're all good with you yeah yeah that's fine <laughs> All right, one more thing before we wrap this up. Do you remember the Pop War demo you did in in Toronto, Ontario? Um, yeah, I think so. Just have to extend a big thank you for Back 5-0-ing, the big hub of there, because I filmed it with my maybe my first video camera ever oh, really? and put it in our skate video. Probably one of the best tricks in the whole video, so big thanks oh, wow, nice. for that. Yeah, you're a legend, part of our video, you know. Felt good to have you in there. (laughs) Felt right, you know, having Kenny Reed in our video. I'm honored to be in there. And uh, it's in the friend section, and everyone has, like, their name. And it's just, like, all our homies and some nicknames and stuff. And then it's just, like, Kenny Reed demo clip out of nowhere. (laughs) That's amazing. I was the only one who got a clip in there? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There was one guy that we didn't even know his name. He, He... got listed as unknown okay yeah you're the only non-friend who made it in that video well actually quim cardona's quim cardona does the intro but he other than him we skated with him downtown with quim though for that day kenny was just a demo poach and we just threw you in there for shits and giggles you didn't get any other any other stuff in the demo Oh, we did, okay. but we just decided that to just it. use yours right. for some reason. <laughs> I'm not even sure what, why that happened, but... I think it's still yeah. on YouTube, too. I'll yeah, send yeah. you a link Yeah, send me. This. I want to watch it. I don't think I've seen it. Thank you. No problem. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up our interview with Kenny Reed. Man, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to join us. No problem. It's good to talk to you guys. Hell yeah, you too. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Welcome back to the post office, the people's post office. Get your emails and voice notes into the bunt live at gmail.com. Ghost, kick things off, bruv. You've got mail. Alright, first up we got an email from Jimmy M. Yo, Bunt Gang, longtime listener, first time emailer. Yo, I'm 40 years old and I live in the fucking north of England. Ain't that many brethren around these parts, B? <laughs> Listen to your shit every week, bloods. I ain't skated for like 20 years, apart from a few rolls around the skate park with the young guns. Still fucking obsessed though, in it. I'm drunkenly watching Edney's album for the first time. Got to Matt Berger and recalled one of your guests said, worst style. I agree. Sack as fuck. Who was it that said it? Oh. Also, the fucking 4K high-def shit looks whack to me. Reminds me of a GoPro advert. What do you think of the high-def filming? Peace out, bros. A lot of love, Jimmy. Damn, bro. Damn, yo. I don't even recall who who came at Berger like that. Yeah, I don't know. Berger's our boy, yo. He's We've had him on yeah, the I pod. Him. Known him since time. So, yeah. I don't remember who called him out, but uh, that's cold. And... <laughs> I tend to agree with the high def. When it's like too clear, like 4K or whatever the highest definition is, it just looks kind of weird to me. Oh, yeah, I hate that shit. I like the high def that's dumbed down a little bit. I I don't know what the cameras are called. I feel like there's way too many of them to keep track. But even like the other day, 
Tom was talking to me about it and he's working on projects with two of our different friends and both companies want him to use a different camera and I'm just like, this shit is way too tech. Yeah, we, we talked about it when Nyjah put out his last part. Those one those cameras that like give you a headache because like the shit's yeah. all fucking out of whack. I hate that shit, man. Um, but homie Jimmy emailed us like five or six more times in a row. He definitely was drunk. Just like commenting on the video as he's watching it. Town County killed it. Fucking Reyes. <laughs> fucking Reyes. Sheckler. Whack as fuck. Like what? <laughs> Yo, chill, bro. He's going off. Oh, shit. Shouts to drunk Jimmy. Gotta love the skate video commentary. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have an email from Robert Swift. Why the fuck do so many YouTube skate channels get a pass? Revive, Braille, Jaws, Andy Schrock, John Hill. When did it get cool to rep these kooks? I cannot stand the skating gives these douche cougars a pass. Roast these fuckers. Yo, honestly, I don't even follow any of the YouTube skate channels. Like, I don't know any of those guys except for Jaws, and I didn't even know he had a YouTube. But I'm gonna take this moment to plug our YouTube channel. <laughs> the Bunt Live, man. All the greatest skate reviews you'll ever find. If you're on YouTube and you're looking for skating, that's where you should head to, man. Real talk, man. Let's take some of that. Let's, let's take some of the fucking subscribers away from those kooks and redirect them to the only pod. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Next up, we got an email from Andreas Risby. What up, bump boys? Season 11 has been truly epic so far. The Grant Yancer episode was absolutely hilarious and got me thinking, who do you consider to be the greatest comedians in skateboarding? My top picks would be Mark Gonzalez, Tim O'Connor, Frank Gerwer, and of course, Jamal Smith, whose internet beef with Wade D was the funniest shit ever. Shout out to you guys for completely incinerating every barn in your path and always putting in the work for the people. Cheers, Andreas. P.S. So bummed you had to cancel your trip to Copenhagen. I was planning to catch you in the streets and collect that rapid fire. You dig? Oh, that would have been fresh oh, in the streets. Is that the homie fire? that wanted to get rapid fired or like rapid fires himself? It would make sense. Shit. Yeah. I'll link up one day. We got to get there. I'm going to have to say my favorite comedian and bunt alumni, Gary Rogers, one of the funniest mans in skateboarding. Also fucking shreds. Easy choice. Let's go skate line, dog. Yeah, shouts to Gary for show. His uh, his coverage of uh, the T-Dot boys skating down the highway was uh, vintage Gary. I'm going to go with uh, Johan Stuckey, man. It's really hard to think off top, but Johan can't go wrong. The story of him first meeting Grant and slapping his ass. Oh my God. And being like, oh, what are you filming with? Tells him what camera. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Or no, what do you say? That's what I like <laughs> yeah. to hear, baby. Oh, that's what I like Slaps to hear. His ass. <laughs> Legend. Uh, before we move on to the next email, yo, you fucked his name up, dog. It's actually Johan. Fuck. My bad, Johan. <laughs> Payback for the for the Grant app when, when I was the laughing star. <laughs> Next up, we have an email from weekly emailer, Nicholas Montoto. This guy's fucking sliding in here every week now, dog. <laughs> what it do, Bunt? It's your boy Montoto sending yet another post office entry. As if COVID-19 wasn't enough to kill my vibe, it's been raining nonstop in Miami, so I haven't been able to have a proper sesh. 
Anyway, I know the topic is getting old by now, but I wanted to hear your opinion on skating being in the Olympics, specifically the amount of hate it gets from true skaters. I personally don't care if skating is in the Olympics or not. The contest side of skating isn't what I enjoy. The only thing I find funny is when people say shit like skating was never a belt contest. It should never be a belt contest. Skating is about being gnarly, not competing, blah, blah, blah. If people do their actual research, they'd realize that before our era of video parts being the integrity of a skater, it was all about contests. Sure, Delmar Bowl jams back in the day probably weren't on some square shit like a street league or what the Olympics will be, but you had to compete to be a pro and get on the most OG companies we still honor today. And some of the gnarliest dudes came from that background and mentality. Dwayne Peters, Alva, Darren Navarret, the list goes on. Times do change, and like I said, the integrity of a skater, at least in our genre, comes more with video parts and being part of good companies. If people got a bone to pick with the Olympics, I understand it will probably be kooky, but they got to come with a better premise to prove their point. The history don't lie. Dear God, man. You got me reading so much in the morning. Y'all slide back in with your voice notes, dog. <laughs> You know, I don't even mind it being in the Olympics. There's a lot of people who are going to benefit from this. Skateboarding is like a gigantic community now. So it's a lot of mouths to feed, man. The Olympics is going to help out even in a little bit. So be it. Honestly, I'll probably watch it too. So who am I to hate on? I'm not going to lie. I completely zoned out when you were reading that. Montoto. Did you fall asleep? Montoto, you got you to gotta come to the post office more concise, brother. But... uh <laughs> I think we're talking about contests or something, but uh, um, yeah, yeah. I think Dono answered that question that I don't remember perfectly, so we'll move on. Oh my God! <laughs> Next up, we got an email from Sean Morales. Dear the bunt, while I understand cartagingers, fuck, I can't. <laughs> Cartagangers, Car- man. Cartagangers instinct to try and dig into the past to find the true definition of a ghetto bird i don't think he is correct saying that a ghetto bird can only be a nolly hard flip late backside 180 is an etymological fallacy see wikipedia sean why the why you gotta hit us with words like that that i can't even read dog word definitions and trick names are continually changing based on popular usage Rail slides are now known as board slides, for example, and the popular skate culture has embraced any sort of hard flip revert as a ghetto bird. Furthermore, Kareem himself has stated a ghetto bird is any kind of hard flip late 180. See screenshot below. Please spread this important and urgent message to your worldwide listeners. Thanks for another barn burner season. And then the screenshot, it's a Facebook message to Kareem Campbell, Facebook DM thingy. And it says, hey, I know you won't read this, but can you please set the record straight on what a ghetto bird is? Thanks so much. You're a fucking legend. And then Remo answers any kind of hard flip late 180. Signed, Remo. Jeez. Straight from Texas, dog. Yo, I remember back in the day, I would try and do hard flip back 180, and we referred to it as a ghetto bird, didn't we? Yeah, I don't remember. I never tried to do any of those shits. I hate them all, except for if, hey, if Remo on, does man. it. So I don't really care about this debate. But uh, if Remo said it, it is what it is, man. Nail in the coffin. Shaw Mo setting the record straight. 
All right, next up, we got an email from Danny Coates. What up, Bun Gang? Longtime listener, first time emailer. A couple episodes ago, you guys were discussing skateboarding trading cards, and I was also curious if any had been made. I ended up finding some Fleer Adrenaline cards on eBay. Danny Montoya, Colin McKay, and Jamie Thomas had their own cards to name a few. Just thought I'd share the info. Thanks for making such a great podcast. Real ones know it's the bunt or nothing out here. Would love to hear Andrew Allen on the pod at some point. Thanks again. Peace. Yo, I remember that the trading cards, weren't they? Didn't Deerdick make them? Uh, I don't remember at all. I think it was Deerdick back in the day. He really tried to make that pod. So I guess there would be some still out there in circulation somewhere, you know? Yeah, and imagine trying to do it now. It'd be such a shit show, but I kind of wish there was like yeah. a some vintage ones that we could have been collecting and shit you know i have no interest in a fucking aurelian gerard card like come on now who is that <laughs> my point exactly what? but imagine like a andrew reynolds like tony hawk oh, pro yeah. skater like og days like that era Woo. or before it was reynolds I mean, birthday this past weekend man you see that you dropped a sick frontside flip switch man oh sick the boss yo still getting hell it. yeah Happy birthday, Andrew. Yeah, that's Vans gang, yo. We gonna find you in some city when this shit clears Real up. Talk. All right, next up, we got an email from Nick Grasso. What up, boys? Longtime listener, first time emailer. Can't say how much I appreciate you guys putting out the COVID chronicles and the video part reviews for the people. Crucial for keeping my spirits up when I'm working in this mess. Damn. Frontline worker, yo. Hats off to you, brother. Shouts to you question and a suggestion for y'all i'm sure like most of us i've been revisiting tons of old videos and parts lately and i've been finding myself drawn to the late 2000s era shaky homie filming more than the big budget stuff case in point the doing things video out of richmond from 2009 with a banner part from gilbert crockett hilarious intro aside that part felt like it was so fun to make and film just from the spontaneous sketchy and shaky nature of the clips Gil skating is just as powerful as ever, but you can see him laid back and having fun fucking up metal skate parks and street spots with the crew. Even if it's not the best angle or the follow cam is bouncing around, it makes you feel like you're at the session and someone just grabbed a camera to get some clips. Do you guys have favorite parts where the shittiness of the filming editing actually makes the part more appealing? Would love to see a video review of Gilbert's part as well. Anyway, Keep up what you're doing and big love. The first thing that comes to mind for me is 66 tapes later. I'm not necessarily going to say the filming was bad or the editing was bad because it was made by the homie, Esner. But I think it was just more about the skating and the people involved in the video and the time frame of when it happened. Bunch of heavy hitters, Warren, Simon, Gibbs, Tom Morrison, Perception Squad just takes me back to that era. I don't even know if you can find that on YouTube, can you? I have no idea. That'd be sick. I hope it's out there. Yeah. I'm going to go with, again, like Donald, it's not about the filming being bad because the filming's good, but uh, it's more the spontaneity and like fun aspect of it is chomp on this. Mm. But also, I do agree. Uh, everything you said about Gil's part, spot on. That shit it was so like fun to watch and inspiring just kind of the shit that just makes you want to go skate and have some fun and chomp had that vibe for sure uh but the filming 
was good so i know it doesn't fully fall into that category frustrated right now knowing that there's plenty of other parts like that like b-roll kind of fun shit but i we're having a hard time thinking of them but we do love that vibe it's pretty much instagram that's what it's turned into right but i think gil's part was before instagram videos existed uh what skit is it that starts that part is it the the office job one i can't remember we'll have to check that out But that's one of the greatest skits in the history of skate skits all right next up we got an email from nico castillo yo what up my bunt <laughs> thank you for holding it down during these times super glad i found your guys podcast about three months ago and been a fan since got even more stoked when i did my homework and listened to all the legends you've had on the pod with that being said who are some people that you haven't had on the show yet or met in person but would like to have them on and who do you think you would hit it off with most your boy neeks oh fuck we got a second neeks in the building eh? oh a new neeks god damn well i i'll just go with the usual suspects there's a few guys that we wanted to get on since day one rodrigo tx arto sorry who i've i've hung out with arto but yeah fuck hopefully one day he he's about that life yeah those are probably two of the the top guys andrew reynolds too yeah i'd i'd have to agree i'd say it would be sick to talk to pj lad yeah antoine dixon yeah terry kennedy if we could make that happen man the list just is never ending it's crazy because sometimes we think or maybe not both of us, but sometimes I'll be thinking like, fuck, man, are we going to run out? Like, we've done so many interviews and like, we don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Like, how long can it go? But it's literally endless, dog. Well, that's the beautiful thing about having a guy like Hator on this season and Caleb last season. You know, they're mm-hmm. relatively new, young, up-and-coming guys, but they're some of our favorite interviews, so... At the rate skate skating is progressing and, and growing and there's new dudes popping up all the times, it's always dope to mix, have a mix of young guys and legends. Don't worry, Donald. We ain't going anywhere, man. We're here to stay. Thanks, man. <laughs> all right. Next up, we got an email. Oh, and, and yo, shouts to... We love our new listeners. Obviously, we love our OG listeners, but welcome to everyone, to the Bunt Gang. Shouts to all the new listeners. Keep spreading the vibes. Keep spreading the word. I feel like we're still a a niche underground podcast, even though we're the number one pod in the world. But uh, yeah, keep spreading the bunt, the good word of the bunt, you dig? All right, next up, we got an email from Tanner Wilson. What up, bunt boys? Been listening to the pod from down in Texas for years now. Was wondering if you could get a hold of some DIY builders to interview for the pod. A lot of legends making it happen for skating that don't get the shine they deserve. Lee side's going strong in Canada, and it'd be cool to hear the story of how the spot broke ground. Thanks for keeping the pod going in these whack times, and shout out to Deerside DIY and all the crew who helps build. I can definitely tell you me and Saifa ain't out there building DIYs, but we fucking love them. And thank you to everyone who does that serious work for the skate game. That's some real talk. I mean, there's a lot of people who are the backbone of skateboarding itself, from shop owners to guys who who just take 
new kids under their wing and, and teach them the ropes and you know how to not be a kook but diy builders skate park like skaters who are who are involved with skate park planning all that shit that's that's the real backbone of this shit and hats off to them definitely we appreciate it and in t-dot especially there's the skate committee and build for bokma y'all do a lot for our community and we can't say how much we appreciate y'all real talk and last but not least this week we have an email from scott childs what's up bunters i've been selectively catching up on the back catalog and i just heard matt Berger's episode I heard you guys talk about a couple of the homies from New Brunswick, Justin Alain and Greg Brewer, and it made me wonder how deep your knowledge of the New Brunswick skate scene runs. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that might be That's how that deep might it be runs, it, yeah. dog. <laughs> Usually, New Brunswick gets grouped in with the Maritimes as a whole, but we have our own scene up here putting in work. We have our obvious hometown hero here in St. John, Andrew McGraw, the first pro out of the city. But there are so many good skaters that have come up in New Brunswick, like Fred, Lantania, oh, sorry, man, Brian Gutro, James Legere, Matt McFarlane, the list goes on. Are you guys friends with many other dudes from up this way? And have you ever taken a trip down here? Special shout out to the three homies that are still in the province, low-key killing it. Steven Steves, Mark Winchester, and Brian Chaston. Keep killing it, guys. Big shout out to New Brunswick, first of all. Uh, Justin, mm-hmm. Justin is one of my favorite people. You know, a very close friend of mine. And shout out to Greg Brewer. Unfortunately, haven't seen him in ages, but mad love to him. And uh, Brian Grotro, the homie, spent some some good times with him. He moved to Montreal. Uh, yo, McGraw coming out of there, that's huge. Canada, baby. We're all one. But unfortunately, we well, speaking for myself, I don't have much knowledge about the scene. But uh, I will come visit Justin one of these days do the rounds and uh big shouts to working class support your local out there shout out new brunswick you diggy yeah man i'm a big fan of that fred homie he fucking shreds all right y'all that's gonna wrap up the post office for this week you know exactly where to find us the bunt live at gmail.com emails voice notes you name it we want to hear from y'all let's get it popping Welcome back to The Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. Being off for two weeks, usually we'd have hella headlines to go through. But like everybody knows, sports is a dead zone these days. Ghost, what's popping in the NBA, man? I don't even know. Well, sadly, we just had to settle our fantasy seasons uh, by just giving refunds or people just whatever, leaving their money, paying it forward for next season, which was unfortunate. You know, we're fiends, but let's just hope, just hope, hope, hope football doesn't get affected. But as far as the actual NBA returning, it's looking like July 31st. I know all the language they're using is there's a lot of ifs. So there's a plan set in place, but obviously it depends on how things continue to go with the pandemic. But we're looking at 22 teams coming back to the NBA, and I'm so glad they did it by record and not by conference. Mm-hmm. 
So there's only one extra team coming out of the East, which is the Washington Wizards. And then the other uh, five are from the West. So I think we have Portland, uh, the Kings, Phoenix, um, who else are we talking about? San Antonio. San Antonio and the Pelicans, yeah. So I'm hyped, yo. My Kings, they up in that bitch. But a lot of people are are kind of confused and wondering why the fuck the Phoenix Suns and Washington Wizards are in. They almost have no chance whatsoever of making it. So they're coming back and doing eight more regular season games. And then I think there's like a, a mini play-in tournament. And then, yeah, it'll be back to traditional... NBA playoff basketball eight teams and go from there and I, I can't I'm so fucking hyped man it, it seemed it's still like two months away but god damn it's been a long wait and it, it almost seems like too good to be true at this point it almost seems like a completely fresh season it's like yeah. such a weird feeling something that we've never experienced but it's good to see these leagues rebound and they want to crown a champion for the current year a lot of work was put into these seasons already so Man, dangerously, this is going to help the Clippers a lot. You're going to see Kawhi with a lot of rest. PG can really heal up. It's going to be fun to watch. That's all I could say. Yeah, and I'm glad they have, like, I think roughly a month for, like, training camp type shit. So, unfortunately, the Clippers didn't have too much time, you know, to all play, like, their starting five, and then they acquired Marcus Morris, but... Yeah, I think that that one month runway is going to be huge for them. Uh, what do you think about the the eight teams that were left out of this? Do you feel bad? How do you feel? You know, it is what it is. I don't feel bad. There wasn't much time left in the season. They kept every team that had a chance to push for the last spot. And at this day and age with what's going on, you just can't include everyone. You know, the people want to see the season go on. The teams want to see it. Everyone wants to see it go on, so let's make it as safe as possible. And unfortunately, that means as little people as possible. So, definitely, uh, I'm. Um, I feel the exact same way. Uh, I just think it's funny that uh, Phoenix and Washington got included. I'm not mad at it, but if you're like a team right behind them, you're like, wait, why does Phoenix get to go and we don't? Yeah, it's weird creating the cutoff i understand that but not much you can do man hey yeah. fuck in the nhl they just called it the end of the regular season there is no regular season games anymore they just pick the guys who are going to the playoffs so wow a bunch of different ways it could have shuck out but that's why they vote on these things man and majority rules some guys got an early start to the summer yeah, the Blazers voted no on this too, which is funny, even though they're included. At the end of the day, we can we can argue about the, the details, but at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure every basketball fan out there is just relieved that we're going to get our playoffs, get to watch these guys compete. Absolutely. I saw a report come out saying that Nikolai Jokic has stayed in shape throughout oh. the pandemic. <laughs> and I'm like, why, why does this have to come out? Like, why wouldn't he stay in shape? He's a professional athlete, goddammit. So it leads me to believe that he may have gained a few pounds and the people are onto something and they just trying to cover it up. Uh, no, I love on, on the podcast i've been listening to they're like you know there's guys like nikola Jokic, you know uh luka Doncic, where you know there's concerns about how they're gonna like are they gonna come back in shape i'm just like damn man these guys get paid way too much money 
for them to be congratulated for staying in shape. Like, are you kidding me? That's why I was going to ask you. Who do you think is most likely to come back out of shape? Well, Jokic was, was the, it be Jokic? The, the easy first pick after seeing how he pulled up this year. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Hans was looking thick. But Yo, other that's than him. The thing. Like, for some people's body types, they literally can't take being off for the summer. And two-thirds through the season is when they're in their best shape, you know? Because they literally need to get in the regimen of playing basketball every day and working out. So you are going to see guys who aren't in the best of shape, and it's just because they haven't been in the same schedule. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, like, sure, you can't recreate NBA basketball in your offseason, but there's no Mm -hmm. real excuse for Jokic pulling up to preseason the way he did, man. That's just discipline. Look at look at young Marcus Saul. <laughs> young Marcus Saul in the league was chubby as hell, and he changed his diet and all that. Like he, you know, you get older, you want to extend your career, you have to sacrifice. And Jokic is still young, so he's just doing his thing. Like Shaq used to, he's admitted it. He'd come in out of shape every year and play himself into shape and just destroy everyone by the time the playoffs came around. Yeah, that's true. So one thing I wanted to talk about, switch over to the NFL real quick with everything that's going on in the world. The argument for Colin Kaepernick has been reignited. I know he had his workout last season and the attention on that wasn't even centered on where it should be. That turned into a whole circus with where they were going to do it, who was going to be involved, yada yada. But the argument is back. People are pushing for Colin Kaepernick to be back in the NFL. I saw someone... I saw someone post on Twitter, for Christ's sake, we signed Mike Glennon, and you're telling me Colin Kaepernick can't be in the NFL, and that's coming from a player. So I think the argument needs to be reopened, and he needs to be on a team, man, whether it's a practice squad, backup position, anything. There's no answer but yes for Colin Kaepernick coming back to the NFL. Completely agree, man. It's sad that what happened to his career happened in the first place. But with everything that's going on now and the pressure the NFL is going to face to give him another chance, I, I hope is overwhelming and I hope it works out because we should have never been in this position to begin with, with him out of the league for his peaceful protest. Fingers crossed for him, man. It, it would be such an awesome, an awesome story. I mean, a, a sad and unfortunate story that he had to be out of the league for four years to begin with because it's just ridiculous. But I think it would mean a lot to a lot of people and it, it'd be a nice a nice way for him to end his career, man. What he sacrificed his career for is more important than ever right now. And uh, I, hope, I hope a GM out there in the NFL does the right thing. And I think they will. And I think this season moving forward, you are going to see a lot of people down on one knee. And that's all thanks to Colin Kaepernick, man. Love it. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up this week's episode of The Bunt. You know where to find us next Wednesday. We back, baby. Missed y'all. Let's rock out these last few weeks, man. It's going to be a barn burner. Trust. Trust.